You're listening to Metal Matters, a weekly gimme radio podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hill. If you like metal, punk, hardcore, or anything extreme, you've come to the right place. So subscribe and never miss out. To start off, I'd like to say hi to all the new listeners. Thanks for joining us. There's a lot more coming down the line. I discovered All Hell last year when I was on a short run of dates with my band Tombs. We ended up playing two shows together, and I was completely taken by the band's songwriting abilities. They combined the grit of early black metal with the catchy songwriting of Misfits and Samhain, two bands that are very important to me. I caught up with the band at their show in Brooklyn during their tour with Ringworm. The band's new album, The Witch's Grail, had literally come out that day, and the band was excited. We recorded the episode in my van, which was parked down the block from the venue. So let's say there's quite a bit of urban atmosphere going on around us, but that sort of adds to the whole vibe, I guess, of the talk. If you dig the episode, please share. Tell your friends about it. You can catch this streaming on Spotify, on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you can listen to streaming audio, you can find this show. If you want to get at me, Mike Hill, you can find me on Facebook as Michael Hill. You can find me on Instagram as Michael underscore DC underscore Hill. The true irony of those two tags is that the only person who calls me Michael is my mom. First night of tour. Yep. And you drove all the way up here. Halfway up here. Halfway. We, we drove uh, Cameron, who's filling in on drums, lives in Richmond, so we crashed at his place last night, drove the rest of the way up today. So it was a long drive for everybody, because you guys are on tour with uh, Ringworm from yeah. Cleveland, and that's about a good eight-hour drive, too. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. So before we get started, let's just uh, give a round and introduce yourselves, sure. and uh, tell, tell everybody what you guys do in all hell. Yeah, I'm uh, Jacob. I play guitar and do vocals. I'm Eric, I play the bass. I'm Cameron, I'm filling in on drums. So also, this is your first uh, your first show playing with the band, right, Cameron? I played uh, one other one. Yeah. One other one, yeah. One other show? All right. So how long has uh, All Hell been together? Uh, we formed, I guess, in like mid-2013. I think we played our first show in August 2013, and then uh, put out a record as soon as possible like may 2014 i want to say so and what what um what part of the country are you guys based out of we we're from Asheville, north carolina but uh we've always had at least two out of three members not actually live in Asheville. like i live out in the country like 30 miles to the uh to the north of Asheville. eric lives out like yeah, same thing to the yeah, west. Yeah, to the west. To the west. Yeah. So that's like the the more centralized. Yeah, big it was town. it was just the the big the big place that we could get together. You know where the, where we used to be able to practice. We we just practice at my place now. Cool. But yeah. <laughs> you guys might be wondering why it's so goddamn noisy. We're literally sitting in a van on the corner uh, on a street corner in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all sorts of Friday. like ambiance around here. We had cement trucks, some unidentified noise in the background, sounds mechanical in nature. <laughs> I can't quite identify what it is, but it seems to be uh, subsiding. 
Uh, so I'll probably cut a little bit of that out of this audio session here for your uh, listening pleasure. <laughs> so how did you guys all get together then? Well, originally it was uh, myself and the original drummer of the band, the guy that plays drums on the very first album. And then uh, we got Eric. I think he was like the second person that tried out for bass. Uh, I, When the band first started, I was like, you know, I would like to, I'd like to sing in this band. I was talking to the drummer. He was like, yeah, that'd be cool. We'll find, I know a few guitarists or whatever. We messed around with a couple people. And long story short, by like the second or third show I was singing and playing guitar and writing all the songs and that's still how it is today. Now was that a challenge for you to uh, sing and play guitar at the same time? It it was I mean you know sometimes it still is but it was definitely it was there was a crunch to learn to do it when I had to do it because you know we had stuff booked we had someone else that played guitar like the first show or two, and then we had other stuff booked. And it was like, well, do or die, I guess. Nothing like pressure to bring the best out of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good motivator usually. Yeah, for sure. Now you guys are on the eve of uh, the release of a brand new album. Yeah. Okay. And before we talk about that, to date, how many releases do you guys have out there, and you know what? You know, how can people find them and things like that? Like, what labels do they come out on, this, et cetera? This is our fourth full length. We self-released a demo and our first record, The Devil's Work. And then uh, we released a record called The Red Sect. It was originally done through HPGD out of uh, Philly. And then uh, we got picked up by Prosthetic. They re did a vinyl re-release of The Red Sect. They released our last album, The Grave Alchemist, and then the fourth one, uh, The Witch's Grail, comes out today, actually. Today? Yeah. Excellent. And that's uh, today, This when this comes out, this actual episode comes out, it'll, it will have been out for about four weeks. Unfortunately, yeah. this isn't live radio, yeah. so there's a bit of a delay as to when people get this. No, no time machines. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I heard a bunch of tracks from it. Cool. And um, there's definitely... Well, I, I hear a lot of things when I listen to you guys, but I'd rather, rather than me tell you what I think your band sounds like, I want you to tell me what your intent <laughs> it's, is. Sometimes it's music. interesting to hear both sides of it, though. Yeah, well, I'll let you go, you go first, and then I'll tell you. I, I would say that as a writer, you know, there are certain things, even if it's not intentional, there are things that made an impact at a young age that kind of left an imprint on the musical DNA of what I would write forever so for me my favorite band has always been and always will be the Misfits so there's like a lot of people note like hardcore punk influences but really it's it's mainly just you know Misfits type stuff that that provides that element of the sound uh, you know Earth AD obviously yeah that's the more like, metal record huge, yeah for them yeah yeah and it's like the, the other thing that's a big influence, I guess, on the way we sound is like a lot of early black metal, really from before it was considered or called black metal. And like if you listen to, I mean, you listen to Earth AD and then you listen to something like the first couple Venom records or the first couple Bathory records, they're not really that far apart. You know, it's like punkish metal, metallic punk. It's, you know, kind of blur the lines. So. Oh, so you're talking more like first wave. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. That, I think... You know, that that combination of stuff kind of forms the basis. And then there's definitely lots of other things that 
that creep in. You know, obviously we we all like all different stuff. So, you know, I've always been fascinated by that first wave, just because um, you know it wasn't. I don't think anyone set out to like you know Bathory and Venom, yeah, to be in a black metal band. You right, know? they were just like trying to create something. Like in my in my opinion, there are moments even on Celtic Frost records where yeah. I'm thinking like. You know, they they're going more for this like almost like a Motley Crue kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it actually turns out to be this completely other thing because yeah. maybe they can't play as fast or like, you know, there's there's like a, a technical sort of deficiency in some areas. Yeah, for and sure. And that is what those sort of imperfections is what caused. Yeah, there's like an urgency to and a need to express something, and you m- maybe didn't have the technical capability of doing it, <laughs> so it, yeah. it comes out creating something else that's you know even cooler really lyrically what kind of stuff do you get into like what sort of subjects do you cover in the band we a lot of different stuff uh i mean i guess we kind of get called like a horror horror band horror themed whatever but uh it's kind of all over the place it's not just like horror movies or like horror books or stuff there's also stuff that's like a lot of historical stuff that's just been terrifying or you know like stuff from the occult we're kind of all over the place but it it all has like a a horror quality to it i guess uh like the the last two records uh grave alchemist and the witch's grail have both been more literary horror i guess like gothic and decadent horror have were big influences on the last two records but um the one before that the red sect it's really influenced by the haitian revolution and a lot of uh occult stuff and like Haitian Vodan and stuff like that was a, a big influence. Do you, do you study a lot of the occult subjects? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, not really as a practitioner, but like I have a, I have a degree. My background is in like religious studies and I, Oh, I that's interesting, man. Read and write a lot of like occult stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I met, I met some guy in Burlington, Vermont one time, uh, who was like a religion major and he was like aware of all the Thelemic stuff that, yeah. you know, tombs makes reference to. Right. And I was blown away that I was completely wasted my my college years studying engineering instead of like <laughs> studying something cool like religion. You know what I mean? Yeah, hear that, Eric? He's, he's the engineer. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, change your change your. I'm just getting the money for music stuff. Let me, let me talk to Eric about this. We have a little quick digression all right, all right. here, man. So you're a, you're an engineering student, or do you get your degree yet? I got my degree in it. I do it for a living. I've been doing it for two years now. What do you think of that field? I mean, it's fun. I like, I like definitely like getting out in the field doing stuff and like the design aspect. But it's stressful. It's uh, I can't do it forever. Probably, you know, I do it to fund what I'm doing here right now. Sure. Damn. But, you find engineers everywhere, man. It's crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I've met a couple other metal engineers, and it's like you never guess looking at. It's it like, whoa, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Scott Hall. He's also has an engineering background. You know, I mean, Scott, you can kind of see him as like a, you know, a guy who would be into that kind of stuff yeah. too, you know. So anyway, back to like the occult. All right, All right that's enough. I'm not <laughs> that's enough. That's it's enough. Friday, you know, everyone had casual Friday day today at the office. So <laughs> now we're now we're into the real world the real of world. extreme music here. Okay. <laughs> I thought I always find that that interesting when someone has like a, a background like that and they're playing music. Yeah. You know. Do you think that an engineering background helped you at all as a musician? Well, kind of. I also have an arts degree, so really? that, I think that played in more. I did, I did a different route, like kind of unconventional, two two-year degrees instead of getting one four-year degree. So 
I've got like I've always had the background in arts, and that's what I did before I got into engineering, and I got into that because I saw the paychecks. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's nice. The it's paychecks about it. nice. <laughs> There's something sweet about getting a paycheck every couple weeks. You know, you can depend on that as opposed to like the life of uh, kind of like the hunter gatherer existence of being a freelancer. <laughs> yeah, where you got to wait six weeks sometimes to get like 300 bucks right. or something yeah you know? <laughs> so back to um the occult religious studies that was your background yeah and the lyrical and country history. Yeah. and history yeah yeah where do you guys record the new album we recorded the witch's grail at legitimate business studios in uh, greensboro north carolina with the same place we did the last two records with a guy named uh, chris hilbert and uh, there's a reason that we haven't changed, and it's because Chris is pretty awesome. Now, is he familiar with your approach, or you know, because sometimes you get these engineers, you work with different people, and they might not necessarily know the music, but they can do a great job. Yeah, uh, I guess like as far as a, a playing standpoint, Chris's background, like he's played in metal bands and stuff before, but he doesn't actually record a ton of metal bands. Like when we first started recording with him, like he he'd done some stuff for sure, but like. He wasn't really that in sync with what we were doing exactly, right. but now it's like we have a really good working relationship. So and he's things, recorded all your material yeah, so far? Yeah, so things, except for the very first record, yeah. So things just go well. Do you enjoy the reco- the recording process, or is it a, a tedious sort of stressful <laughs> I, situation? That's, that's, a, that's something, I, I, everyone has a different answer about this stuff. It's super stressful yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do all the guitar tracks and yeah. the vocals and everything. So it's like, I don't know, it's just a lot to get done. We usually don't spend a ton of time in the studio either. Uh, this latest one, I think, is the longest we've spent, and it was six days. So there's definitely a crunch, but then there's the thing we were talking about earlier sometimes. The crunch is what's necessary to make, to push you, to make yeah. it happen. I've spoken to people who have spent months recording their LPs for major labels. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like, part of me is like, man, you know, when is it over? I think I would go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the questions I have when I talk to those people where it's like, like, for example, Cave-In, I, I interviewed uh, Steve Brodsky a while back and yeah. their major label record. They were like spending, you know, months on end doing pre-production, recording different versions of the songs and yeah, you know it must be great to have those types of resources at your disposal, but I think that after a while, I, me personally, I would lose my objectives. Yeah, of what I'm trying to accomplish, I think. It's it's also fun though to record. Like we got a, we got a little bit carried away on this one, doing a little bit of weird stuff with <laughs> with synths and optigans and stuff like that. But you know that that that's the fun part of it. I mean, that makes sense to me because if you think about it, um, since fit real nicely with the darker elements of this type of music, I think, yeah. you know, like there's a lot, I like think you guys Absolutely. have a lot of atmosphere. Um, you're trying to go for this like real dark vibe. And I think that having a synth mixed in there definitely yeah. lends itself to that. I think it's something that's awesome on you guys' records, for instance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we always got it. Actually, tomorrow I'm going to record uh, guitars for an EP. <laughs> awesome. So. Nice. And uh, yeah, we got we have synths on the we have, we have a, a five song EP coming out. Not to you know steal the steal the the spotlight, here, <laughs> but it's like you know it's okay because uh, we like your band. Feelings mutual, man. Okay. That's why I asked you guys on the show. Uh, I want more people to find out about you guys, man, for sure. 
Uh, but yeah, there's sense on that. Uh, that's a, been a big thing. And I think that um, it really makes sense, you know, especially, I always like a band like yourself where it's like this real raw kind of thing, but yep. then you have this like synthesizer creeping in. And what's interesting about synth tracks on raw records is that the synth track is almost like this pristine, purely synthetic electronic thing. Yeah. And the guitars are just gnarly and there's, you know, drum, you know, bleed through and like room sounds and all this other right. stuff. So it's like this meeting of two different worlds, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I even back in the day listening to like Celtic Frost and, you know, there his experiment, Tom Warrior's experimentation with that, I think might have been like a little too much for some people at the time. <laughs> yeah. But as like as time went on, it's like became like an aesthetic. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's yeah. It's its own thing now. Now, do you did you guys bring a synth player in or like no, did, uh, you guys did I, it? Or? This. How many tracks do we have sent on? Was it just the I one on this just record? The one. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did it. It's like it's not like complex or anything. I'm definitely not a synth player, but yeah, we you know all of us mess around with with that that type of stuff, and you know it might be something that we incorporate more in the future. It might not. It just depends what it calls for. We we also went for like a a really the guitars have a lot warmer tone on this record I think than they did on the last one for sure that almost has that like analog synth vibe in some parts and we thought that was that was an, an interesting thing to do yeah that's no, awesome now are you you get pegged with the horror horror punk horror rock whatever <laughs> right, yeah you know moniker but are you guys actually horror fans yeah I, all, all three, even Cameron, yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Right on. What's some of your, uh, what's some of your go-to horror horror films? Well, uh, I mean, I'm I wearing a The Howling T-shirt right now. That's a okay. That's a good one. Uh, I love I love the Sleepaway Camp movies. All right. Uh, so these I mean, are like old school I, films. Yeah, I nice. like I like good and bad horror movies. Sure. Because, you know, there becomes a point where they just cross lines and it's the same thing. Have you heard of a film called Demon Wind? Yes, it's horrible. It's the worst, <laughs> one of the worst, technically, technically one of the worst horror films. I, I watched but it's it, pretty sick. I watched it about three or four months ago on Shudder. Yeah, that's where I saw it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah was, yep. All right, have you been watching the drive-in things with, with uh, like, they have, like, that's part of, like, this, this sub-series they have on Shudder. No, I don't, I don't think I've, you're shaking your head back up with it. Cameron. Isn't that where you, like, it streams different ones or whatever, whenever you can go in? There's, like, a different, like, episode where it has Joe Bob Briggs. Okay. He, he'll, like, do, do, like, this 15-minute intro. And then the, you'll watch, like, maybe a third of the movie, and then it, sh it cuts to him, and he'll talk about what you just saw, basically. Right, okay. And you watch it in these sections, and it's, like, really fun. You yeah, know? that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and, they and had like, Blood Harvest on there. They had, like, a bunch of other films. My my top, like, my favorite horror movies, though, are the original Halloween and The Shining. Shining. It's going to be hard to dethrone those. Oh, yeah, man. That's a classic, despite what Stephen King says. Right, yeah. I mean, the book was great, but actually the movie's better. Yeah. The movie's just better. Well, they're, they're two different animals, really. Yeah. And I think that in in the case of The Shining, it was a uh, one of the rare occasions when the movie kind of transcended the book into its own space. Yeah. You know it became I mean? its, its, own, yeah. its own thing. Yeah, you uh, got Stanley Kubrick. You got Jack Nicholson. You yeah, know. and... One like a thing that I always say is uh, that's a, a goal that I have for the music of this band is to be like The Shining, in that you can take it like any anyone can enjoy that movie, 
you can take it at face value and be like, oh, well, that's a neat, like, scary ghost story or whatever. But, like, you can also go down the rabbit hole with all these crazy theories, and all of them and none of them are equally true. And you can think about it and, you know, <laughs> go crazy and theorize, like, what is this movie actually about? And I, th I think that's interesting. Like, to, to be able to write music like that or to make, you know, a movie like that that can make people talk about it for years is, like, that's the goal. Yeah, no, definitely. That is a movie that's, you know, you know, passionately discussed among fans. Yeah. So like that that's one of the reasons like with with that sort of thing in mind is one of the reasons why a lot of our music like musically is fairly straightforward and simplistic because we want that like hookiness and that like get your attention like you can enjoy this but then like lyrically there's some crazy stuff going on. So that you used to use allegories and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, like sort the, of metaphors and all that the, stuff. The last album, like on the surface, is like about vampires, but right. it's actually just this huge, convoluted alchemical metaphor. <laughs> yeah, the vampire uh, motif has reared its head in a lot of different, you know, expressions. Uh, you know, Abel Ferrara made a vampire movie called uh, The Addiction. I don't know mm. if you've ever seen that. I don't, I don't think so. And you know, Abel Ferrara is the guy who did. Uh, you know, Bad Lieutenant and King of New York and all these films, and he was and had an addiction problem. Yeah. So him adopting the vampire sort of thing, the need for you know human blood and you know life force and all that stuff, it it kind of was a neat little connection. With yeah, all it's that. definitely definitely a an archetype that has a lot of different ways you can go with it, interpretations. So. And uh, you know, it's and also had that you should check that movie out. It's hard to find. But if you could find it, you might have to get it as like a DVD or something. Yeah. Uh, it's black and white. Able, it's like in New York City. Abel Ferrara is like a very um, devout New Yorker. And um, all of his films have this very old school like New York vibe to it. And uh, it's got like a, a Schooly D soundtrack. You know? nice. Even though Schooly D is from Philly, he appears in a lot of Abel Ferrara's uh, scores and soundtracks cool. and everything. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So what about you guys? What's some of your favorite horror films? I like, you know, uh, ambient horror, uh, stuff that you can really just, the visual atmosphere of it brings horror itself, stuff like Suspiria, and even if you don't call it horror, like David Lynch stuff. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely, definitely. David Lynch stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're all David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. Yeah, we're fanatics. But, like, older stuff, too. Um, Night of the Demon, a film from the 50s. It's a great film. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I think in newer movies, I've liked uh, It Follows. That was probably the most recent newer one i've liked uh house of the devil i don't oh, i think yeah. that was like mid 2000s yep. that was a really good one that was like a, a sort of a throwback you know like if yep. you didn't know any better you could you would think that came out in the 80s oh definitely like yeah. the intro theme i just watch that on youtube all the time just because yep. it's so perfect girl walking down the street with the kind of synth guitar music going on it's like you know something's gonna happen <laughs> definitely <laughs> cameron uh i'm a big fan i like the Real cheesy '80s horror movies. Uh, the Peter Jackson Bad Taste. Brain oh yeah, Bad stuff. Taste. Yeah. Yep, that, the worst movies. But I love those things. <laughs> you know what's a tr what trips me out? It's the fact that all right, everyone these days thinks about Peter Jackson as the guy who made Lord of the Rings. Right, right. right. Now, prior to Lord of the Rings, he really didn't do anything like that before. <laughs> yet somehow they convinced him to give him all that money. Right. Yeah. Millions and millions of dollars. I, I, blows my mind. <laughs> and yet he. he totally pulled it off yeah too. oh yeah because i love i love the three lord of the rings films yeah. and i actually didn't see the hobbit but um it. <laughs> yeah it's you know i didn't even like the i didn't really like the book either i just like the three lord of the rings novels 
So you guys are really into the kind of the 80s stuff, I see, man. Even though you you, you, you like the, the newer stuff, but those like 80s like like slasher type films are, are really in your wheelhouse, man. Yeah, I mean, even stuff that's not, you know, smart or intelligent. Like well, all the yeah. Friday, Friday the 13th <laughs> stuff, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Bad Halloweens. I mean. One of the things I love... The, the, the parallel, I think, between horror and metal is that what you kind of what you touched on that, you know, even even bad metal is still pretty good. You know <laughs> right. I mean? Yeah. And like, like, you know, there's usually something cool about it. Yeah. Like, bang, like, you know, bang tango or something like that is not a band that I would like in front of my, you know, when I'm around my friends, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I wouldn't be like representing them. But on some level, like I'll, you know, when I'm by myself. No one's around. Sometimes it's okay to listen to. Cold I'll be Lake. like scanning through YouTube, and I'll, I'll catch like a Bang Tango song, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's actually pretty good, you know. And then the same thing with horror films too, because it's like, like you know, we talk about Demon Wind, which is like not a good movie at all, right? But I watch the entire movie, and I'll probably watch it again at some point, maybe even tonight at like two <laughs> o'clock in the morning or something. But that's that's like the fans of horror and fans of metal, oftentimes are the same people. But also, I feel like they have the same sort of intensity about what they like, and they also have like a very sort of like forgiving bandwidth of things that they'll accept in some ways. You know yeah. what I mean? And what I mean, I mean that in a positive way. What they'll accept. You know what I mean? Right. What counts as a good movie? Yeah. You know, and I think that speaks to like some of the rawness of like you know the, the music, like the black metal stuff, like the early misfit stuff being very raw, but the intensity and the atmosphere is really what kind of shines through. Right. Yeah. You know. But at, at the same time, I guess that can be a, a negative because like you hear people talk about, Oh, like rock is dead or like metal is dead or whatever. Like there, there hasn't been like a great horror movie in a while. I think it's because like the, the it, it, it does exist. It's out there. It's just hard for something to break through because there's like this ingrained culture of what people expect. Yeah, I but think. you know what though? I think that it kind of goes full circle with like, you know, people. Are, if if people are saying that you know horror is dead, metal, whatever is dead, I, I defy them because there's been excellent entries into both of those yeah, media. There, there's al- there's always something good. You know, there's I like think. a new film that just came out. It's uh, I want to say it's Swedish called Hagazusa, which is like. It's like basically like if you took a Leviathan record and made a movie made out a movie of, it, of it. It's kind of it's like that. It's like this nice. dark, doesn't end well, heavy, atmospheric, like lone, lonely, like film, man. Yeah. It's like so good. And that just came out. There's like the movie called Hole in the Ground. That's fucking awesome, man. It's like there's a lot, you know. And on the other spectrum with movies that are like not high concept, there's the Terrifier movie, which I think was fucking amazing. <laughs> Even though that borrows heavily from 80 slasher films but it's like if you took like an 80 slasher and injected steroids into it yeah you would come up with like terrifier yeah you know and the same thing with metal there's like tons of great bands i mean you guys i think think there's great great movies and great metal records being made it's just not necessarily they're not in the limelight right now it's not the it's not the mid 80s so horror and metal neither one of those are huge but also do you think that that maybe it's better that it's not really in the limelight. Probably. Because I mean, even like, you know, we were talking about the 80s, you know. I was alive in the 80s. Yeah. I was like. I, I was a little bit. Yeah, you, you guys are probably a little bit barely <laughs> barely alive in the 80s. Um, you know, and I know that there might be this uh, perception that 
bands like Slayer or Metallica were as big as they are now in like 1985. Right. But they really weren't. And um, I think that the bands that were big were bands like Motley Crue and Rat and you know Van Halen, which is more like a hard rock band. Right. But uh, and even those bands weren't that big, and they nor were they able to really maintain a career. You know, when you think about Motley Crue, it's like they had like a couple of spikes of, of success, but they were never able to like maintain like a solid career like say Iron Maiden did. Right. You know what I mean? Iron Maiden was always at the top. Right. And um, but, but but the stuff that we like, you know, like Venom, Slayer, you know, Celtic Frost, the darker, more obscure stuff in the 80s was definitely not that's something you had to look for like you had to like know where to go you certain record you know the metal record stores the metal and punk record stores you'd find that stuff there and even even though all that stuff was on major labels it was like you still wouldn't find you find like one copy of like rain and blood or right, something like yeah. that you know what i mean it wasn't like it is now so i, I think that it's pretty cool that like there are a ton of good bands I think, you know, and I, I refuse to be, like, jaded by, like, what people say. You read the internet, and they're like, no, everything sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's becoming increasingly apparent to me that the internet and reality are two different things. They are, right? Very yeah, different social things. media and, and the internet, it, they're, like, these parallel worlds, really, you know? And, uh, yeah, I just think that, and, you, you know, you guys are on the road. You, you play with different bands, like, nightly, and you probably... You probably played with a lot of bands that no one's even heard of that are probably totally sick. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, you know, and it's like, I don't know, I just like to to keep, like around here in, in New York, there's a lot of bands. There's a band called Imperial Triumphant that's like totally amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, they're still kind of like battling to, to get people to know yeah, who they get, are outside of the tri-state area, yeah. you know. But, uh, but so this this is the first night of the tour. How long is the tour? Is it- it's super short. It's it's just five nights. It was supposed to be quite a bit longer, but ended up not being. You guys are all looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're we're stoked for it for sure. Do you guys like playing in New York? <laughs> we like playing in New York. Uh, loading in in New York is usually not very fun, but. <laughs> yeah, you guys had um, one of the uh, one of the most most bands like dread the upstairs load in <laughs> yeah right. so you guys had to endure that today yeah. right? yep mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but i guess the nice thing about new york is a lot of clubs have a, a back line so oh so the venue provided to, that you don't always have to have cabinets so okay. yeah we didn't have to take cabinets upstairs that's good there was a, at least that that's all that matters really you play through a SVT, like one of those gigantic refrigerator cabinets <laughs> that no one wants to carry. No, he's got he's no, got a small just, cabinet. Uh, one by fifteen. All right, cool. Yeah. I mean, we're in a minivan. So. Yeah, yeah. I. It's funny that every bass player is like, go to. I gotta have the fridge, man. You gotta have it, man. And like, he, but they're like the one who's not around to like move their their yeah. cabinet. <laughs> so prior to all hell, did you guys play in other bands? Uh, I think all hell is mine and Eric's first band. But uh, I know Cameron's played in a bunch of bands. Well, Cameron's like a hired yeah, gun. Yeah, he's a hired here, gun. You know, <laughs> he's like he was probably you know in in like White Snake and yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> all, all the versions of White Snake. That's pretty cool. That that's your your first band. Yeah, right on, man. Now the artwork. There's a consistency with the artwork on all your records. 
Yeah, the uh, the last the last two were done by the same guy, and the first two I did. Uh, I mean, mine are obviously much less intricate and nice than the newer ones, but yeah, uh, artwork and aesthetics are hugely important to us and always have been. You know, I had the same very similar conversation before about artwork and in general in in metal and heavy music. More so in other genres, there is a strong connection between the visual presentation and, you know, and the music. Yeah. And what what are your thoughts on that? Like why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I I think just historically metal albums have had some really cool art, so it's always been a thing that's important to people uh you know like record covers merch like having cool merch it's like something it goes back to the metal like culture thing something that people take pride in yeah. i guess more so than you know you you don't really you don't really see a lot of like artistically mind-blowing pop album covers no, or don't. anything or like Not country or whatever it's usually just like a, a super photoshop photograph of whoever the main person is and you know that's something that we all take it take for granted i think as far as you know just the idea of merch because you go see like an indie rock show and there's no no one buys anything yeah like I, yeah like i i saw um the brian jonestown massacre a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and they had like one t-shirt right and like, no one was buying it like how many people have you ever actually seen in a taylor swift t-shirt no very very few now you don't see it at all yeah. you know but then time after time You'll you'll see people roll up and will buy new shirts all the time, which yeah. I think is cool. You know, and I'm the same way. It's like I think I have like I think I have like six ringworm t-shirts. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got an all hell t-shirt. You know, I got like I'll probably buy another one tonight. You know, I got like four Leviathan t-shirts. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, even, I even have like a lurker of chalice long sleeve, and that band's never performed live. <laughs> yeah, I had to. So. I had to. I was on the fence whether to pack only. Danzig shirts for tour or not. I, I just brought two or three. I didn't go full. I didn't go full force. Now you mentioned uh, Misfits being a huge influence. What about like Sam Hain and yeah, de- and all the definitely. Other stuff? Uh, yeah. Sam Hain also has has been a big like everything Danzig's done. Basically, I would say like Danzig himself, like his you know his project, as is the hardest to hear in our music, but it's still there. And like Sam Hain for sure. The first, the first demo and the first record both had a song on there called Samhain Wind. That was pretty much just, you know, Samhain, like very Samhain inspired. Yeah. Well, that was like the, when I first, you know, heard of you guys, like which is like over, you know, a little bit over a year ago. We we did those dates down, sat down in yeah. uh, Georgia and down the south, and uh, or the mid mid Atlantic or whatever you want to <laughs> yeah. call it. You know, um, I was like all hell. Obviously a Misfits, uh, you know, reference. Yeah. And then I listened to your music and I was like, oh yeah, these guys are coming from a direction which I can dig, like Sam Hain, you know, and like Venom and all this stuff. So knowing what your intention was, I think that you definitely was successful in getting that across. Cool. You know, and, and you know, because like some people, like like you were saying before, it's like they have an idea what they're what they sound like, but then it's like, yeah, oh, you know, we're kind of like, you know, like Judas Priest meets like Mahavishnu Orchestra or something like yeah. that, and then they they sound like Kiss or something, <laughs> right? And, and yeah. it's like, I don't know, but but with uh, with All Hell, I think it's like definitely sits like right, right in that like, it's not 
it, there's a fun element in the fact that you guys have a lot of like the horror references and like the horror imagery. Yeah. Like I got that T-shirt with like the church and you know the haunted yeah. sort of vibe to it. And I, I wear that shirt all the time, not just because I like you guys, but also because it's, it's a, a cool, cool shirt. shirt. Right. Yeah, and that's like a like there are people that like I went to go see um there's a show in this area. I was telling you about how in out here in Bushwick I went to like three different shows at three different venues. The last time I was out here I was wearing the all hell t shirt and so many people were like, Oh dude, you know, that's a cool shirt, you know. Like, oh you gotta check the band out, man. It's like <laughs> the shirt looks cool, the band's like totally fucking equally as cool, you know. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's definitely a good way of getting, getting the connection between like the visual. Cause like, that's like the first thing you see, you know, and like it goes yeah. into your brain and, and makes this image. And then if the music connects with that, I think it's perfect, you know? So what cities are you guys visiting on this uh, outing here? We got Brooklyn tonight. Tomorrow night is Richmond and then Norfolk and then Raleigh and then Atlanta is the last night i think short and sweet yep cool we all played atlanta together yeah that was uh that was a good it was an interesting show it was a uh, satanic the... temple uh <laughs> ritual uh sort of evening yeah it was yeah. interesting you know that was the second time that we played a satanic temple yeah uh, <laughs> i think you, you told yeah. me that you played one in detroit detroit or yeah on also on accident like you just got asked to play it and then it was it, it turned out to I... also be that I think that one was more of like combining of two shows. Yeah. Because um, there was like another thing going on, and then our show was that night, and they they were like, well, why don't we all just put it as one thing? So you know, because Detroit is a Detroit's a rad city in in, uh, in a lot of ways, but you know, I think that two shows like in that sort of you know darker metal punk kind of vibe, I think really couldn't happen one one night. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, they have an interesting sort of platform, I think. And, uh, you know, it's not really my thing. I mean, Satanism, I think, uh, it's like you can't really be a Satan, a Satanist and reject Jesus. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Because as a religion major. Yeah, I mean, I would would agree with what you said. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really would like them just to be like, yeah, we think, like, Baphomet is cool looking. (laughs) Right, It's not even a satanic symbol. Yeah. Yeah, you know, was it uh, Eliphas uh, Levi? Yeah, and it's actually uh, what a Hebrew. It's like uh, universal balance, right? It's a, it's a, an avatar of wisdom. Yeah, I guess it's not this evil like satanic. Right, it's, dark. It has symbol. a goat head, so it looks like the yeah. devil. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I always thought, I thought that was it. And then I don't know if you've. I mean, this is gonna you know I've seen the Sabrina. You know what I mean? The, yeah, this Netflix show. And I think the Satanic Temple sued them. Yeah, I heard about that. I haven't seen the show, but I I heard about that. I think that was going on when we played that show. Oh, yeah, possibly. In the midst of that, yeah. 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 So that's pretty funny. Yeah, I know. I think it's it's interesting because, I don't know, I really would like to know on a higher level, like, what their deal is as far as, like, what their actual philosophy is. Because – they seem to be involved in a lot of this, like, uh, progressive, you know, you know, yeah, stuff very, that's, that's cool. Like, like I, progressive the, humanism, basically. Yeah, and then I totally, you know, back all that stuff. Yeah. But there's the twist of, and I think that's almost, like, a way of them being rebellious, you know, which I could dig. I get yeah. behind that. I mean, maybe it's just a way to draw more attention to yeah. it. And, you know, it gets more more eyes on what they're 
doing than would normally be on them, I guess, than if they were just going out and, you know, volunteering and you know, help people that way or whatever. Yeah, you know, but the funny thing, though, is like, um, you know, like witchcraft has been around way before Christianity. And uh, and that's in- inherently like a feminist kind of trip, you know what I mean? And um, I think that, you know, I mean, who am I to tell anyone what to do, man? But, you know, that would have been a more positive, like, cooler thing to get behind than, like, Satanism, I think. Yeah. You know, especially. But I guess, yeah, I guess it's easier to get attention with the Satanist thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, oh, you guys are trying to get attention. Like, if if that's what you, if you're trying to get eyes on what you're trying to accomplish, that's good. You know, then again, there's also the kind of Luciferian you know, which might be, like, more in line with their... Because, you know, they like to party, you know? Yeah. They like to get loose yeah. in their rituals and everything. <laughs> so there is, like, a Luciferian vibe to that, too. You yeah. Know? So, I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. You know, it's not enough... It's, to, al- it's always know. interesting to get different people's perspectives on stuff yeah. like that. So you, got, you guys have any uh, satanic philosophies or anything like that? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I don't know what what do you guys devil i mean like when i was younger like in college and stuff i read a lot about luciferianism i got into that for a while but i mean i never like stayed with it so to speak but it was fascinating to me at the time and it definitely like shaped a lot of the foundations of like how i view the world in some sense yeah i could dig that i just think that like a lot of the group mentality is probably for me like you know it's cool when you're by, you're on your own and you're like, yeah, man, you know, this is cool. It's like it's dark skulls and whatever. But then f- when there's someone who, who's making up rules about like what, okay, well, if you're going to be satanic, you got to wear black and you got to have this like pin, you know, with mm. like a goat head and everything and whatever. We have to reject Christ, you know, and all this stuff, which is like, you know, yeah, sure. Sounds great. But. The minute someone starts telling me the rules is when I start checking out, I think. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. This is, it's like, it's, you, the instinct at that point is like, well, this is what I didn't like about the other thing. Exactly. <laughs> it becomes like what you're trying to rebel against. Yeah. You know, which a lot of, in a lot of ways is kind of like a lot of the weird, like social justice stuff that's going on, I guess, these days with, you know, people getting singled out for having, being offended and all this other stuff, you know. So, anyway, whatever. Diatribe about Satanism. Easy to digress. Yeah. <laughs> when you get into these waters. Yeah, definitely, man. So, um, so yeah, thanks for, uh, you know, hanging out. And, um, you know, good luck on the rest of the tour. Yeah, well, absolutely. The, the whole tour, yeah. really. And uh, so let's talk about the record a little bit. Like, where, you know, what's it's, it's out today. Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, what where generally is it, you know, just, just do your thing, man. It's uh, available on all the usual uh, online outlets, streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever they're calling it now. And uh, Bandcamp, uh, it's available through Prosthetic. I think there's a couple. I think there's one vinyl version that's exclusive through us and through their web store, and then one that's like exclusive through like uh, record stores. Cool. Nice. How do you guys feel about all the streaming stuff? Are you, are you into that, or do you still buy records? I, I definitely still buy records. Uh, I mean, I do listen to stuff digitally. Like, I, I check stuff out, yeah. and then if it's something I'm into and plan on actually listening to, then I pick up a, a physical copy of it. I, I actually like CDs. I mean, I do buy vinyl, obviously, because it's superior, but I drive a lot because of, like, 
where I live. So yeah. for the car, like I'd rather listen to CDs than. I'm not opposed to a CD. A definitely. Lo- then, then a low quality stream at least. Yeah, the streaming stuff. It's I find it int- it's just weird, man. Because um, it's funny because it is a way where all right, major labels own all these stream streaming ser- services, and it's right. like okay, well, no one's buying our hard products, so let me f- figure out another way to nefariously rip off. Right. Musicians yeah. It's and it's kind of funny. I was gonna say like, in a way, streaming does suck, but you know. We're never gonna have to worry about it. No, definitely not. <laughs> it it sucks for the aforementioned Taylor Swift, but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't impact yeah. us very much. It's complicated. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I stream the shit out of music too, man. Like I have an Apple Music subscription, and it's like, you know, I'm listening to all sorts of stuff, and and it is good because it'll open me up to stuff that I normally wouldn't have checked out. You know. Yeah, I mean? it's actually kind of crazy how many people come up to us at shows and are like, "Man, I found you guys on Spotify." Like. Mm. I, you know, we didn't, before, like, the last year or 18 months or so, like, we didn't even realize that people actually discovered bands and left their houses to go see them because they heard them on Spotify, which blows my mind. Well, this this is the trippy part, because, all right, now we're, you know, actually, we weren't talking about magic, but, like, it's kind of magical in a way <laughs> that there's this reality of the internet, which we were talking right. about, and then there's, like, the physical material world. Right. So your your music is out there in this ether, right? And someone finds it and then their intention gets manifested in, in the physical material yeah. world by going to a show. Yeah. I mean it's funny that you should put it that way because I was having this conversation with my brother who's doing our merch just the other day. Uh like whenever we got our vinyl and stuff, it's like ah, uh, it's like finally manifested i remember when this was just barely an idea in my yeah. mind three years ago when i finished writing the last one <laughs> like the wheels start turning and then you know eventually that is one happens. of the one of the cool things about being human you know is vis- visualization you know what i mean right is, yeah like having an idea and making it into reality it's so much harder than people would think that it is but then it's also like also that simple like if you want something to happen like you you got to want to do it the most important thing is to have a goal yeah but you'd be surprised how many people get distracted though and that's, oh yeah that's absolutely really, that's and that's the separation right there yeah you know it's like everyone would love to like do all these things but like i think it's rare and it's it's cool to talk to people that actually are able to do those things you know yeah and and be able to have to put the distractions out of their head or manage those distractions so that they can actually yeah, it's, it's, bring something it's forth. It's definitely easy to get distracted. I think it happens to <laughs> almost everyone. Yeah, no, totally. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, where can everyone find you guys on this uh, ma- imaginary world of the Internet? This imaginary world of the Internet, uh, facebook.com slash allhellband, uh, allhell.bandcamp.com. Those are our two. Instagram, at allhellband. I think the Twitter's the same at All Hell Band. Do you guys do you guys fuck around with Twitter that much though? Not really. I yeah, mean, dude, a, a I, little bit. I don't think I've. I mean, I have it sent where shit is automatically posted <laughs> on there, but I don't think I've ever. In in it's been at least a year or two since I've actually went to my Twitter yeah. account. Yeah. <laughs> How about Instagram? Is yeah, that a good yeah, spot? Yeah, Instagram, Instagram, and Facebook for sure. Cool. Right on. All right, guys. Well, I'm looking forward to the show tonight. Awesome. And uh, you guys have vinyl with you tonight. Yep. We do. Awesome. I'll be picking up a copy. Excellent. And, uh, you know, all hell. New album. Rocks. And you guys should go and check it out.
it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, a Gimme Radio weekly podcast. Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. The show is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Radio, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews with artists, and so much more. I'll catch you guys next week. Take care.